Hello, and welcome to Legally Bond, a podcast presented by the law firm Bond, Shenick & King. I'm your host, Kim Wolf-Price. In this special episode, which is part of Countdown to World Data Privacy Day, we're speaking with Amber Lawyer, an associate in the business department who serves as deputy chair of our data privacy and cybersecurity practice group here at Bond. Welcome back to the podcast, Amber. Thanks for having me again, Kim. Happy to be here. Of course, and happy almost World Data Privacy Day. Same to you. <laughs> I'm definitely going to celebrate the holiday. I'm trying to figure out how. I don't know what <laughs> snacks are right, but I'll, I'll get there. All right. Well, when you were on the podcast last, we talked about the basics of data privacy, some of the acronyms, and the broad spectrum of laws from a variety of jurisdictions. In this special episode today, we're going to get a bit more granular at a high level, if that makes any sense, um, <laughs> and, and talk about privacy and security risk mitigation in vendor contracts, which I imagine is a huge issue for many businesses. Yes, it's become an integral part of business risk mitigation strategy and, and taking on vendor contracts and making sure that they have adequate review. So it's become much more prominent, I would say, in the last few years. Fantastic. Okay. So I know that getting this all in for a short special episode podcast is tough. So thank you. And we'll hit the risk mitigation highlights here. And I really, again, want to give some definitions and general descriptions. So listeners, you know, I think can ask better questions, which is the point sometimes, right? Get a sense of what they're getting into. That's exactly right. All right. So for background, can you give us some of the privacy and security legal framework that goes along with vendor contracts? Yeah. So the privacy and security landscape has changed so much in the last five years. We've had this big sea change. And I know I talked about this on the last podcast and Jessica Copeland, the chair of the practice group, also discussed this change. But in the last five years, we've had this massive upheaval in security risk, right? So we have tons of data breaches and cybersecurity incidents happening all the time. We also have a change in the legal landscape. So we have plenty of new applicable privacy laws, security regulations, new and evolving security standards. And because of that, contract review has changed drastically. So before privacy and security were probably minimal review requirements in a contract with a vendor, um, and instead it was more the dollars. minimal might even be generous. Right, right. <laughs> it was all about the dollars and cents and general contractual liability. And now we have to handle both security and privacy in, in vendor contracts. We also have seen a little bit of a change in supply chain management. So businesses are now liable for their vendors' actions, especially in relation to privacy and cybersecurity. And so we see this downstream flow of both security risk management and legal obligations. So if an entity is subject to a certain applicable privacy law, let's use HIPAA, for example, they may have to flow down those legal obligations to their vendors to ensure that they're compliant with the law. Then they also have to handle the cyber side. So we've seen a huge uptick in revising these vendor contracts to try to handle privacy and security risk mitigation. If we're talking about vendor contracts, what kind of vendor, I mean, we get called as a law firm, we get called a vendor sometimes. I get sure. vendor requests. So is it 
is it really that broad who the vendors could be in these instances? Yeah, it really is. So it, we could, it could be a mom and pop shop, could be an entity's vendor, a big law firm, your payroll processor, the entity that's installing your printers in your company, any entity that really touches the data that you hold, that your business holds or processes your information, we need to be concerned about privacy and security risk. Okay. So it's broader than most people might think. They might just think this is IT related, but it's actually much more. It's much more. Now we see data being shared with every kind of vendor. And so it's not just your IT or tech contracts, although those often are humongous vendor contracts in relation to privacy and security. Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure they are. Oh my goodness. All right. So I don't know if you want to give us a little bit of a reminder of what some of the applicable laws, regulations, and standards are. Sure. So we have new and emerging privacy laws. So we have the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, which we've talked about before on this podcast. We also have HIPAA, which I mentioned earlier, which is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, the California Consumer Privacy Act. We also have a few new state laws with Virginia Consumer Data Privacy Act and the Colorado Privacy Act. So we have new and emerging privacy laws, but we also have new and emerging cybersecurity standards. So we have the NIST cybersecurity framework, which is updated all of the time. We have the FTC's data security standards. New York State DFS has a cybersecurity regulation. And then we also have general state data breach laws. So each state has its own statute, which handles cybersecurity incidents and data breaches. And so all of those applicable standards, safeguards, regulations, and statutes really come into play when we're talking about privacy and cybersecurity risk. That is a lot. You uh, must never be bored. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's very interesting work and keeps me on my toes. Very good. All right. Well, I guess we should get into it now and talk a little bit about risk assessment. What is that in this world of vendor contracts? What does that entail? Right. So when an entity is taking on a new vendor or an existing vendor, we have to talk about the phases of the contract. And one of the first phases, I would say, is pre-contractual, and it's this risk assessment. So how do you assess the risk at play with your vendor, the new vendor or current existing vendor? And how do you do that before we're talking about the dollars and cents and the contractual provisions? The first way you do that is through an internal risk assessment. Do we have a vendor management process? Do we have a way for entities to review and enforce contractual provisions with vendors to assess the vendor's cybersecurity posture, to ensure that the vendor is maintaining safe and adequate processes and procedures to maintain data? Another really important part of a risk assessment in this pre-contractual phase is to determine what data is at play. So we were just talking about all of the different kinds of vendors you can have. Well, the data at play under the relevant contract is probably different for each one of those vendors. If we have a payroll processor, they may be taking on sensitive personal information like social security numbers, bank account numbers, um, and that changes the risk, right? And so we may need a more comprehensive risk assessment and evaluation versus a vendor that may only be taking on your employees' names. And and that kind of risk assessment is really relevant when we're going through the pre-contractual phase. 
Importantly, if we know that there's high risk in relation to the data, then we may require the vendor to go through a full security assessment. So okay. entities may require that a vendor attest to certain security procedures like encryption, if they're maintaining adequate procedures or if they maintain any security certifications. So all of this is in the pre-contractual risk assessment phase. And then the risk assessment is a continual process. So as you enter into the contract and you continue through the term of the agreement, you need to ensure that your entity, the businesses have oversight and enforcement so that you're continually reviewing your vendors. So does that mean if new laws, regulations, or standards came out, that, that's got to be part of this as well? That's right. It's not just new laws and regulations. It's that the tech world is changing so much. So what might be an industry standard security practice now, like encryption, in five years could be so out of date that your vendor's no longer maintaining adequate safeguards. And so it's constant oversight and enforcement, both on the legal side, but also on the security side to ensure that they're maintaining adequate procedures. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So I guess maybe it's good to outline some of the key pieces of all of this. This phrase brings me back to my associate days, but things like due diligence, Amber. <laughs> Can you talk about some of these things? <laughs> yes. So due diligence in the pre-engagement phase in contract review is very important. When we're talking about vendors that will touch a business's personal information, sensitive data, and, and what that really means is asking the right questions of the vendor. So what we were just talking about, some of those security questions, ensuring that they maintain adequate safeguards, but also similar questions. Have you had a data breach? Has the vendor experienced a data breach in the last year? What remediation procedures steps did they take to fix that? Are their IT systems in great security posture? And how will they protect the data that you have? But also questions regarding retention of information, if they maintain adequate cybersecurity insurance, all of those questions should be handled in the pre-contractual phase, almost in an RFP process, a request for proposal process, so that you can adequately vet your vendors. Right. So if you do it in that pre-process, then you get the answers before you get into the real, what people think about with contracts is the negotiation and the the dollars and cents part. That's right. And it's often easier for entities to develop a standardized form. So if you have a set of questions that you ask every vendor, and we know these are what are required to make sure that your business is being safe and that you're mitigating the risk, it often helps. You'll have a uniform procedure in place and businesses can start to mitigate risk up front instead of trying to handle it on the back end. Yeah, and some of our clients, healthcare, higher ed, or banking, they have special extra requirements beyond some of the things that you talked about. So this, this could be very helpful. That's exactly right. And they often have to bake those requirements into the diligence process up front. You can't hire a vendor that cannot comply with the applicable laws. Yeah, very good. Okay. All right. So one of the big issues in contracts, right, is the structure. Is this where privacy issues can come into play? how the agreement is structured? Yeah, at a high level, the agreement structure can assist with risk mitigation for privacy and security. So we often see relevant vendor agreements in a master service agreement or a software as a service agreement, it's called a SaaS, license agreements or in, in work orders, statements of work. But we also have other structural considerations that come into play when you're talking specifically about privacy and cybersecurity. 
So service level agreement. So if you're hiring a vendor that's maintaining your website, what's the uptime requirement? How often does the, the software have to work? Sometimes we have a specific data processing addendum or security addendum. If the data at play is subject to GDPR, for example, Um, and sometimes privacy policies are pulled in because they require relevant notices to consumers. So all of those different contractual requirements and structures come into play when we're talking about relevant privacy terms, cybersecurity terms, and how to bake them in to mitigate risk. I think what's important here is I, I think, and you said it, like it used to be the SAS. People or think people would think of it as like this is all relegated to this one term in this contract or this one section, and we don't have to think about it anywhere else. But that's really not the case. That's right. It's not the case. So oftentimes vendors will bake the relevant provisions relating to privacy and cyber in all of those different documents. So we may see some privacy terms in the work order or a statement of work, and then some in the SAS, and then some in the service level agreement. And so entities really need to do an across the board review of all of those documents to mitigate risk. All right. Well, no matter what, I I imagine terms are always need to be negotiated, right? That's the whole it's what we do. It's uh, it's how we live and breathe as lawyers, right? So do you have any general tips on this for businesses? Yeah. So I touched on it a little bit. I think developing an RFP process, a request for proposal process, and a vendor management process when trying to take on new vendors or managing existing vendors is really important. How do you hold your vendors accountable for the provisions that they agree to? How are you doing that continual oversight? That's really important. The other thing I'll say is it's also really important to be cautious when using form vendor agreements. So oftentimes vendors will provide a form contract and say something like, Well, all of our clients signed this agreement, so it should be fine as is. And although um, they're oftentimes drafted well, they may not contain all of the risk mitigation language that the specific business needs. So we talked about this before. If a business is subject to banking laws or FERPA under higher ed, they may need to require specific provisions that are just not in those form vendor agreements. So it always makes sense to do a full review of those documents. Those are famous last words. Oh, everybody just signs. Right. Let's, let's <laughs> right. please never use that as a business strategy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. So there's two terms I know I hear often, and I think listeners probably do as well, when people discuss data privacy and cybersecurity. But can you talk about, like, define them or talk about what they mean in a risk mitigation context? And those are the terms personal information and data breach. Yeah. So really important terms (laughs) for what we're discussing today. Personal information and data breach will come up when you're reviewing the form vendor contracts. What personal information means is really defined by applicable law. And so if the vendor contract you're working on is subject to GDPR, for instance, you may tie the definition of personal information back to GDPR and, and what it's defined under applicable law. But to take a step back from that and to just talk more generally, personal information typically means any information that identifies a natural person, and it can be identified either directly or indirectly. So we think of that as name, social security number, email address, 
date of birth. It's very, very broad, a broad definition. And so when you're reviewing these contracts, it's important to tie that definition back to the applicable law to ensure you're meeting the relevant standard. Data breach is different. So a data breach is oftentimes we think of it as unauthorized access to or acquisition of personal information. And so we think of a vendor losing our social security number or bank account number or something like that. Same scenario, though, when reviewing the definition of a data breach under a vendor contract, you want to tie it back to applicable law. So tie it to the relevant state statute. If you're subject to some other regulatory framework, tying that breach definition back to the requirements of the applicable framework. So both are really important under vendor contracts and integral. So if your vendor agreement does not have a data breach provision or a definition of personal information, that's really important to include. And it seems that tying back to the applicable law gives you sort of the strength and the power of that law and those definitions. That's right. And that's how you mitigate the risk is to try to cover your business's compliance obligations through contractual provisions. All right. So there are a couple of other terms that you and I had talked about and and clauses for the contracts that our listeners might not fully understand. And before we wind down this special episode, can you go over those at sort of a very high level? I think one of them is standards of care. Yeah. So standards of care is an evolving term in vendor contracts, but it's something to, to look out for and really important when we're talking about what you want to require from your vendor. So when we're reviewing vendor contracts, we often see terms like commercially reasonable or best practices or industry standard. And those standards of care are often tied to how vendors must protect personal information and how they have to maintain adequate safeguards for security. And so requiring some form of standard of care is really important when we're talking about vendor contracts. So let's say you want to mitigate cybersecurity risk. So a business wants to require a vendor to maintain adequate security procedures. What we would often want to say there is something like industry standard cybersecurity procedures so that as the industry evolves and new technology comes out and new safeguards become relevant, that vendor is required to evolve in the same way through industry standard. And so incorporating appropriate standard of care is is important in these contracts. Okay. There are, are a couple of others. One is the indemnity clauses and limitation of liability. Right. So typical contract uh, provisions, right? Indemnity provisions and limitation of liability. But the important note here when we're talking about privacy and security risk is to ensure that you've tied that risk into both provisions, right? That the vendor is going to be liable for a data breach, that the vendor will indemnify and hold the business harmless for any damages that may result from a data breach. And then oftentimes in some vendor agreements, they will try to exclude that liability in a limitation of liability or to cap that. And so it's really important for businesses to assess what level of risk they're willing to take in a limitation of liability provision when we're talking about privacy and cybersecurity. All right. And you um, mentioned this a little bit, but what cybersecurity insurance? Please explain. 
Yeah. So really important for businesses to review and ensure that they have cybersecurity insurance now. So cybersecurity insurance is not always covered under general liability insurance. And so it's very important for businesses to review their insurance policies to ensure that they do have cybersecurity coverage if they can. But also, as cybersecurity insurance is developing, insurance carriers are now requiring that vendor contracts are reviewed and that oftentimes diligence is done. Those security assessments we were talking about is handled when we're doing the vendor review process and that there's been a full review of the actual contract. So really important for entities to look out and review their cybersecurity insurance provisions to see if there are any requirements in the vendor contract review process, um, and then also to cover the risk under the underlying agreement. Well, this is good risk mitigation advice in this special episode, Amber. Thank you. Did we miss any of the things you wanted to talk about in this overview? I don't think so. I just wanted to say happy almost World Data Privacy Day. And and I hope everyone has a great World Data Privacy Day and we can count down and hopefully this was helpful. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure it was very helpful. And people should, while there's no risk mitigation of vendor contracts, probably in your personal data privacy, don't forget that on World Data Privacy Day either. So take care of your business and yourself. How about that? That's right. That's great. Great. All right. Well, thank you again, Amber. I really appreciate it. And happy World Data Privacy Day. Happy World Data Privacy Day, Kim. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Legally Bond. If you're listening and have any questions for me, want to hear from someone at the firm, or have a suggestion for a future topic, please email us at legallybond at bsk.com. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Legally Bond wherever podcasts are downloaded. Until our next talk, be well. Bond, Shenick, and King has prepared this communication to present only general information. This is not intended as legal advice, nor should you consider it as such. You should not act or decline to act based upon the contents. While we try to make sure that the information is complete and accurate, laws can change quickly. You should always formally engage a lawyer of your choosing before taking actions which have legal consequences. For information about our communication, firm, practice areas, and attorneys, visit our website, bsk.com. This is Attorney Advertising.